Today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. You know, who am I? I come from a broken home, a family that is dysfunctional, a family that has no importance. People tell me daily that I'm worthless, that I don't matter. My father abused me. My mother cursed at me. I'm constantly being rejected. Jesus, why are you treating me like this? Why are you saying that you want to dine with me? And why do you want to give me this great portion for me? The world is good at telling us lies. In fact, it is so commonplace that we may even fail to see them as lies anymore, but rather internalize them as the truth. Pastor Eric reminds us in his message that God has chosen us as his children and he wants to shatter the failure that we may feel by replacing it with love and grace. Well, let's join Pastor Eric for part two of his message in 1 Samuel 9. But they traveled all the way up from the mountains of Ephraim back all the way down to Jerusalem. It's a far travel, okay, looking for these donkeys. That's a long distance. And so when Saul and his servant came to this point, Saul said to his servant, he's like, listen, man, we're not going to find these donkeys. Let's go back home because my dad is probably going to start worrying about us than these donkeys, right? Rightfully so. If I was a parent, I would be like, okay, I was just meaning just going around the neighborhood and looking for these donkeys. We could put up signs on the posts, right? But these guys took a trip, man. They were gone, And so they wanted to go back home. But here's the thing, you guys, is that they traveled so many different areas, they didn't know how to get back home. And so then the servant said, you know what? There is a city right there, and I know that there's a man of God in that city. Let's go to him, and he will tell us the way home. Hey, great idea, right? Great idea. But what are we going to give him? Because it was custom in that time when you wanted to get advice from a prophet or a seer, as we learn in verse 9, that a seer is called a prophet, that you would give them something for their advice or what God had given them. Okay? These guys had nothing. My bread's gone. And then the, the servant's like, well, hey, we're in luck. I got a fourth of a shekel of silver. Guys, that is nothing. A fourth of a shekel of silver, okay? But hey, hey man, great call, man. Let's go there. Let's give it to him, right? And so then as they go into the city, now remember Saul was what? Tall and? Notice who he talked to. Some young ladies. They were eager to talk to him. Hey, where's is, is the seer at? Oh, he's in here. You've got to go see him. If you hurry, you could catch up to him. You can find him. Hurry up though, right? And they're like, okay, we're going to go. We're going to go find him. And then we see in the, in the text, you guys, that the day before Samuel was ministered by God to who he would see. Did you guys catch that? God came to Samuel and said, hey, about this time tomorrow, you are going to meet a man from the land of Benjamin. And he is going to be the one who you, who I want to be the commander, commander being what? King over my people. And he will deliver the people from the hand of the uh, Philistines. And I'm doing this because I've heard the people's cry. Pretty amazing. So then you think of Samuel, right? He's getting ready for this lunch. I don't know if it was lunchtime, but that's what I pictured. Lunchtime or this dinner or this time of eating. 
And he's walking up to the high place, hearing that word from God. But then it's like, is it really going to happen or is it not going to happen? I mean, really, be realistic. I mean, would you have that thought? I would. Did I hear you? Did I hear you right? Is, I'm going to meet somebody today. And so then as he's walking, Saul and his servant are walking. They come together as Samuel sees Saul. What does God say? That's the guy. That's the dude. That's the guy that is going to be the commander. And then Saul says the first words, not Samuel. Did you guys catch that? It was Saul that said to Samuel, he says, Hey, please tell me where is the seer's house? And Samuel goes, you know what? I'm the seer. Now come with me. I've got to tell you something. All that's in your heart. If you were Saul, would you guys be freaking out at this point? Like, who is this guy? Like, who is this man? He's going to tell me everything that's in my heart? Crazy. But let's go with it. Let's go with him. Okay? Amazing. And so then Saul and his servant are now going to this elegant, like, invite only, only 30 people were there, event, and they were placed at the honor seat. Some guys that they just met, they just placed them at the honor seat. But Samuel knew that God had a plan with Saul. And he says to the cook, he says, hey, you know that portion I told you to set apart? Now bring it out and give it to Saul. And he said to Saul, he says, look, this was set apart for you. At this point, you guys, Saul wasn't on the other end of the conversation that God had with Samuel. And so all this stuff is happening to him. And he was worried about giving this man something in return. And instead, the seer is serving him, giving him the best Why? Because it was God's chosen. It was God's chosen. And Samuel tells Saul, don't worry about your donkeys. How did you know about my donkeys? Don't worry about them. They're found. And Saul responds in a huge way. He says, I'm just from Benjamin. My family's not that important. Benjamin was a small tribe. (laughs) Why are you treating me like this? And Samuel gives him that sacrifice, and then he tells him that he's set apart. He really didn't go into great detail, but until verse 27 when he says, Hey, send your servant ahead because I'm going to tell you the word of the Lord. Wow, right? Intense. Intense. So great. How does it apply to you and me? That's a great story. It was dynamite. How does it apply? Well, it's actually quite interesting because you have men who are searching and they become lost. They go for godly counsel. To their surprise, they get invited to this premier event, guests of honor, given this great dinner and meat, and then saying that, you know, I'm going to give you the word of the Lord. Again, how does this apply to me? I mean, like, I was like, wow, this is, this is insane. But here's the thing. Have you guys ever received something that you truly didn't deserve? Something that you didn't truly deserve? Something that is just like totally blesses you, but you're like, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve it at all. I know one time that I was blessed like that. uh, Somebody gave me a, a, a trip 
for me and my wife, it was BK before kids. <laughs> uh, and we were able to go to Florida for uh, five days and it was completely paid for. And I was like, how does this happen? I'm no one. But yet it was still given to me. But the thing is, is that having received something that we don't deserve is exactly what God has done for you and I. He has given us Christ. He's given us forgiveness. He's given us eternal life. And we don't deserve that. And so we can relate to Saul. We can relate to him because we're all at one point, and maybe you're at this point tonight where you're out wandering, looking, and you've become lost. Not by your own intent. You thought it was all for a good reason at first, that you had a reason, but then all of a sudden, you're like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And I'm lost. See, we search for our purposes in life, right? I know that I have. You know, there's those times where it's like, what am I doing here? What is my plan? What is, God, what do you have for me? Even before I was, you know, a, 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 a Christian, which was young, I was still young, but it's still that, that idea of, is like, what am I here for? Have you guys ever asked that question? Like, what am I doing? What is my purpose? And... <laughs> We go down these different paths, even as a believer, we go down these different paths looking for what we're supposed to be doing. But then it's like we're so confused and it's like we're lost. But we have to come to the understanding and we think, you know what? I'm lost and I better just go back to the beginning. Beginning and just, just go back there. And we have no clue which way to go. It's like trying to read a map. Who can read a map here? Like, not your GPS on your phone, a map. A real live map? Okay, I struggle with that. Be honest, I do. I'm like, I'm done with that. And oftentimes we can be like that. We have no clue on which way to get back. But here's the thing is that there's a God in heaven... (laughs) There's a God in heaven that knows that you're out looking. There's a God in heaven that knows that you're out looking. And so therefore, he sent his son Jesus to give you the way. He gave you the way. John 14, 6. You guys know this verse? What does it say? It's not on the screen. It says, I am the way, the truth, the li- and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So what is Jesus saying here? Jesus is saying... I am the roadmap of life to get you to eternal life. All things need to go through me. I'm the roadmap. I am the way, the truth, a way that is truthful. And I think that is so desired amongst people today is, is this truthful or is it not? And Jesus is saying in his word that it is truthful. He is truth and that he leads to life. And see, the thing, you guys, is that Jesus Christ has put on a dinner for you and I. And I look at this and and how Samuel put on this dinner and he was, you know, they were praying over the sacrifice and it was a big deal. And Jesus Christ has done this huge banquet for us. In fact, his word tells us that he stands at the door and knocks and wants us to open the door so what? We can do what with him? Dine with him. 
dine with him. And so that he can tell us all things. Just as Samuel said to Saul, I will tell you all that is in your heart. But just come and sit with me and dine with me. And then it's so amazing because Jesus takes it even the same step as Samuel did, or Samuel took the same step as Jesus, and he, he puts us at the honor seat. He puts us at the honor seat and says, hey, I want to serve you. I want to give my life for you so that you can have this life, so you can, you can have this peace. And so he invites you and I to dine with him, so he can tell you all things. But then the crazy thing is, is that he gives you the greatest portion ever. The greatest portion ever. It's reserved for you. Your response, though, is what? When Jesus says, come to me, I want to dine with you. I want to give you me. What is your response? I'll tell you what my response is sometimes. I'm not worthy. I, I can't dine with you, Jesus. I can't sit at the same table. I, I am, just as Saul said, I'm just a Benjamite. I, I'm from the smallest of tribes. Why am I sitting in front of 30 people? Why am I sitting at this table with you, Samuel? You know, who am I? I come from a broken home, a family that is dysfunctional, a family that has no importance. People tell me daily that I'm worthless, that I don't matter. My father abused me. My mother cursed at me. I'm constantly being rejected. Jesus, why are you treating me like this? Why are you saying that you want to dine with me? And why do you want to give me this great portion for me? Why do you want to do that? Well, because you're chosen. You're worthy. Because God loves you. And see, God has given you the choicest piece of the sacrifice. He has given you all the sacrifice. He has given you Jesus Christ. And and, and to understand this, in John chapter 6, Jesus proclaims that he is that sacrifice. Jesus said what? In John 6.35, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger And he who believes in me shall never thirst. Jesus continued in that chapter to say that I am the bread of life. And the thing is, is that many people who were following Jesus at this time could not handle this statement by Christ. They rejected him. I'm not following him anymore. I can't handle that. That he's the bread of life? But Jesus continues and says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give him, give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. So God sent Jesus this great sacrifice so that we can consume him so that you can have life. So this great piece of the sacrifice is reserved for you so that you can have life. And so Jesus stressed the importance of this. And he said to them, those who are around listening to him, he says, most assuredly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. 
Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. That's intense. It's intense because Christ is saying what? Consume me. Eat me. Literally? No. But you need to partake in the sacrifice that was given for you so that you can have life. And so Jesus has been set aside. You guys picture this table, okay? And God has called you up to it and he's placed you there. And Jesus is there at the time and it's presented to you. Here I am for you. I was set aside for you. But is the response, no, I don't want that. There's no way I can have the choicest part. Jesus is the prime meat, man, of God given for you, set apart for you. Keeping him there for you. Then we see when we're presented with this and we're sitting at the table, then the lies start flowing in our heads, seeing a God that has presented his ultimate sacrifice for you. And these lies start fluttering our heads saying, you're not worthy of this. Remember the lies? Remember, remember what you did? Remember that you are a failure? You're a drunk? You're a drug addict? You're a prostitute? You do not deserve God's grade A sacrifice for you. You need to reject that meal. You can't take it. But guess what? That's a lie. Those are all lies because God finds you worthy enough and he has invited you to this table. Are you going to go in? Christ wants you to be the guest of honor, you guys. As Jesus said in Revelation 3.20, this letter was being written to the church, so it's appropriate that it's read to the church. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. And this is not only just for believers, it's for non-believers as well. Jesus is at the door knocking, wanting to dine. It's not just for those who's had their faith in Christ for 30 plus years. It's for the guy who's walking down the street with a sack on his back full of cans. He is found worthy, and the grade aid portion of Christ is given for him, as well as for me, as well as is for you. And we have a choice daily to dine with Jesus Christ. Do you dine with Christ? Do you dine with Jesus? Or not to dine? You have a choice. Dine with Jesus or not to dine with Jesus? To partake in the sacrifice that God has presented or reject it. As Jesus was instructing the disciples on how to pray, do you guys remember what he said in that prayer? He said this, In this this manner, therefore pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Christ is our daily bread. We need him. We need to consume him daily. We need to dine with him daily. Have a date with Jesus. (laughs) Spend time with him. Christ wants to dine with you. He wants to dine with you. He wants your heart. When is the time? 
ASAP, right? Right now. Where's the place in your heart? Who invited you? The Holy Spirit, right? And to RSVP? Today. Because here's the fact, you guys. You have a God in heaven that loves you so very much, and he so longs to be with you daily. And if this is a constant reminder, throw it in your Bible, throw it on your fridge, in your mirror, to know that there's an invitation set out there for you to dine with Christ and to spend time with him and to have him minister to you. And as you enjoy the richness of God, because Christ is not just a slab of beef, man. He is premier cut of God, man. And he will satisfy every craving, every desire that you have within your soul. I'm serious. It might seem cheeseball to you guys to have that invitation, but it's for you. It's for you guys. Father, Lord, we just thank you for tonight. (laughs) God, I I pray, Lord, that you minister to your people. Lord, may they know that they are special to you, God. That there's no coincidence that you have them here tonight. God, that you are, you are ministering to us tonight, saying that, you know what? You are worthy, and I want to dine with you. I thank you for that personally, God, to know that there's a God in heaven that cares about me. There's like eight billion people in this world, but yet you still care about me, and you want to spend time with me? You want to spend time with the people Hearing your word, my family, you want to you spend time with them as well. And so God, I pray, Lord, if they're struggling right now and that they feel distant from you, they feel lost, they feel they're out there, they just, they don't know how to get back. May they just take up this invitation and sit with you and open their hearts and let you dine with them. And may they consume you, Lord Jesus, and that you will bring that satisfying desire. Man, you fill every desire that we need and have. You pour in the depths of our soul, into our, in throughout our body, God. You know what we need. And so, God, may we not be satisfied with fast food relationship with you, Christ, but may we have an intimate dining occasion with you, Christ. That we sit down and get talking with you, enjoying your presence. Lord, may we just sit at the feet and just soak you in. Because, Lord, as we sung tonight, Lord, we need you. <laughs> I need you. These, this church needs you, God. And so, Lord Jesus, we pray that our hearts would be open to you. Holy Spirit, we thank you for nudging our hearts and, and, and coming alongside of us when we stray. And, and, Lord, even in those times we need encouragement, you, or you're right there to encourage us. Thank you for the promise of not leaving us nor forsaking us. Thank you for constantly loving us, Lord, in the spite of our misses. <laughs> our shortcoming, our sin. Pastor Eric will continue teaching through the book of 1 Samuel the next time you join us. As you've been listening today, perhaps some questions have come to mind. If so, we'd like to help. Just email your questions, comments, or prayer requests to info at 
That's info at gracetothehearers.com. We'll be sure to prayerfully respond because it's our desire to help you on your journey as you're seeking to walk with Jesus. You can also post your comments or questions to our Facebook page. Just search Facebook for Grace to the Hearers Radio and join the conversation. And if you can't find a church near you that's teaching through the Bible verse by verse, please let us know. We may be able to help you connect with a Bible study in your area. And we'll certainly add you and your community to our prayer list as it's our desire to see God's Word being simply and systematically taught in every community. Again, you can contact us by email at info at gracetothehearers.com or give us a call at 520-723-7047. That's 520-723-7047. And please don't worry if you haven't been able to write down this information. All of this information and more is available at our website, gracetothehearers.com. That's gracetothehearers.com. Log on and get to know us better. Join us next time as Pastor Eric continues to proclaim grace to the hearers from the book of 1 Samuel. That's next time on Grace to the Hearers.